One thing is certain. The world is forever moving forward, and with it people, whoever and wherever they are. For Audi, the future represents a vision to innovate. Driven by the pursuit of progress, Audi regards the future as a guiding philosophy, replete with opportunities and bursting with potential. At Audi, the future represents more than a measurement of time, it's an attitude. Join us for The Art of Moving Forward, a series that delves deep into the notion of progress and introduces the people shaping the world that's yet to come. Over the course of this series, we've been exploring the very notion of progress, interrogating the philosophies and values underpinning the work of some of the individuals poised to shape our future. We've examined how Audi's principles of premium mobility stand to inform a new age for personal transport through conversations with some of the car giant's most senior designers. We've also caught up with design masters and thought leaders from elsewhere who've shared their visions of progress and explained the role of innovation in building a brighter tomorrow. Today, we're going to recap some of those lessons as we pick up with the remarkable individuals we've spoken to across this series and get to the heart of the very notion of progress. We'll ask what role the past plays in shaping the future, and we'll blast off for a macro look at what lies ahead, from someone with a vantage point unlike any other. That's coming up, but we begin, as we have before, at Audi's Ingolstadt HQ. There, Audi's head of design, Mark Lichter, oversees his team, realising the industry leader's philosophies and values in automotive design. Mark's work at Audi, as he explained, is the culmination of a lifelong ambition. Here he is, outlining not just why working at Audi is a dream come true, but how its totally unique approach to vehicle design chimes with his own personal philosophies. The reason why I want to become always an Audi designer is that Audi is a very progressive brand. And to design the future at Audi, I think you have to know the past very well. I think it's very important to understand Audi and to understand why I love this brand. You know, Audi, if you look back the last 25 years, always did always some very bold decisions. And I would call them very progressive decisions. For example, almost 30 years ago, Mr. Pierch decided that Quattro is uh, four-wheel drive is better than rear-wheel drive. This was revolution at this time. Very bold decision, and Audi did a big step. Then a few years later, they decided that Audi space frame, you know, all the competitors built their cars in steel, and Audi decided we do it in aluminum. So, and they're step by step in each generation, they are really bold decision, and that's the reason why Audi became that fast a competitor, which is on eye level to the other competitors. I love this brand because I have the feeling that many or most of the people here at Audi are driven by this progress, you know, that everybody wants to challenge themselves to come up with radical new ideas. And I love this spirit. And that's the reason why I'm here. As Mark explained, truly progressive design doesn't simply fixate on the future. It also looks to the past, looking to engage with a quality that exists outside of time. As we'll hear later, respect for history and an understanding of humanity's most fundamental needs are integral. First, let's join César Montada. As Audi's head of light design, he has a breathtakingly specialised area of interest, and one that's been subject to massive changes as technological developments have opened up the field's emotive potential. So what does César understand by progress? Progress means you're moving. This is the first part. 
And of course, you, you move forward and you reach a point and you think this is a point where I feel good about it. I think it's positive for everybody. You know, it's a, it's a good move. And then I think that you realize it's progress when you turn around and you see people following this path. So you maybe inspired other people to follow this path and then even go further. They move on, they carry on this drive. What you start in this moment, you can say it's like you didn't achieve just this uh, little step. It was really a, a big leap, you know. You're really moving forward in the way that is going to bring something to all of us in the society. And for me, in this moment, it's progress. Progress, then, means blazing a trail, mapping a new terrain of possibilities. Audi's approach is characterized by a carefully considered set of design philosophies, which Mark Lichter explains. We call this aesthetic intelligence. That's our, it's the name of our design philosophy. And that means the perfect symbiosis between innovative technology and progressive design. And this describes this perfectly for the past and for the future. Always is always driven up by technology. Over the course of the series, we've explored how aesthetic intelligence has been brought to bear on Audi's paradigm-shifting e-tron programme. As César told us, his field in particular has been positively impacted by recent technological developments. The light technology, it's a very specific area. It's something that has developed extremely quick in the last years. We come from simple technology that was not allowing us to, to design very complex shapes. We went through the electronic evolution with these new technologies to a complete freedom. It means that we can design objects that uh, fit very well into the rest of the design of the car. We are a part of, of a whole picture, you know, of a, of a whole story. This freedom and this possibility became with the LEDs at the beginning, where we could place them in the way we wanted to describe a, a shape or a line. Yeah. Today, for example, on the rear we do the same with uh, OLEDs, where we can also use it to, to do different type of signatures. That complete freedom that César described, the ability to work unhindered by technological limitations and to push the boundaries of what's possible, is surely a foundational requirement for anyone working to reshape the world. In a moment, we'll hear from some of the figureheads of future-facing design. First, let's get one more word from César as he explains where, with a new world of possibilities open to his field, he finds his inspiration. Personally, I take my inspiration every day. So I think nature has created something wonderful that is everything more or less based on light. When you look at the stars at night, now it's getting dark outside. Soon will be the stars there and will be the moon and planets. And when you look out there, all these stars, what they're showing is the light of the past. They're inspiring you, but it's a, it's a message from the past. And then you sit down and you think, it's beautiful, but it's the past. And what do I do for the future? And then you get inspired by maybe things that have nothing to do with nature. Maybe it's a technological thing that you've seen. Maybe it's a building. Maybe I walk into a building and there's some strange reflections. And I stop and I want to take a picture and think, what's that inspiring me? What's, what's bringing me uh, in, in the thoughts? And I try to interpret this maybe in a car and I share these thoughts with my colleagues, you know. Then there's the books, which I love reading, you know. I get lost in the books, like the library. I read sometimes very slowly in order to realize what it was meant with that word or another word. So the words have some power to generate some, some pictures also. And then what I really love, and, and there is maybe my, my most loved source of inspiration, is talking to my colleagues. I love going for lunch. I'm from, from Barcelona. 
I love these long lunch hours where you talk about everything, you want to change the world, and we go from one thing to the other very easily. You know, everybody brings a subject and and we jump and jump and jump. And all of a sudden, there is always in each of these conversations, shall we do that? Can we do that? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, let's start. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, do we have a plan? And it's always, it's always, is the other people's thoughts, perspectives, letting the thoughts free, you know? But the thing is in the talk, in the sharing, there is more power there when we share something together. I like the contact. I like to see the eyes of the people. And when we share the ideas, to see how the eyes change. I think it is very important to see the reaction of the people and to share this. And this is my strongest moment of inspiration is actually people. Cesar Muntada and before him, Mark Lichter there. In a moment, we'll move away from Audi to hear more from some of the other future-facing individuals we've spoken to about the art of moving forward. You're listening to The Art of Moving Forward, a series dedicated to exploring the true nature of progressive design and looking ahead to the ways in which forward-thinking philosophies stand to shape our collective future for the better. Throughout the series, we've heard from some of Audi's top designers to learn more about the car giant's vision of premium mobility. We've also spoken to figureheads from across the world of design to learn more about their understanding of the very notion of progress. A moment ago, Audi's head of light design, Cesar Montada, explained how he draws his true inspiration from the people around him. Let's turn away from the Audi team now to another thought leader, working beyond automotive and Audi, but sharing the same mindset, putting people at the centre of their world. Hella Serholt is the CEO and co-founder of the world-renowned Gell Architects. She explained how sensitivity to individual needs lies at the heart of her work and her very understanding of progress. Well, progress, I would define when it benefits people and communities. I don't think infrastructure or architecture or the shape of things in itself is a goal, but I think they are all means to getting a more sustainable future and a healthier urban life. So I would definitely define progress around people and their health and their access to opportunities. Gell specialises in improving the cities we call home. So if we take Heller's definition of progress, how will these look and change over the coming decades? Cities definitely need to be providing more equal access to more people. We need more people to have equitable access to health systems, educational systems, work opportunities and so forth. We also need people to have equitable access to housing in our urban areas. And mobility, for example, transport-wise, is also an area that we pay a lot of attention to and, and work with in order to provide that accessibility. Cities also need to be greener. Many of our urban areas don't have the uh, access to public spaces where people can actually be active during their everyday commute and in their spare time. So we need greener cities that can also ensure more climate adaptation and climate mitigation. The environments we inhabit play a key role in our well-being. As we heard from Mark Lichter and Audi earlier, progressive design doesn't simply mean futuristic, it also means engaging with the past. Thomas Luca is the co-founder of OEO Studios, a Copenhagen-based design practice that specialises in interiors. 
He offered an insight into why environments matter so much and how successful design engages deeply with our material and emotional needs. Basically about instincts and the genes and our DNA. I think it comes from when we were like in the Stone Age. It's something that is so deep-rooted in our genes. You know, it is about security, safety, shelter. It's about like a place where you can leave your barriers down, you feel welcome, you feel the warmth, you stop like being alert. I think that's, you know, really primitively, but I think that's the basic needs for interiors. You know, when you make something too futuristic, it also becomes very inhumane. And I think that's where it goes wrong because it becomes alien to us. And it's not like when I look at it, I cannot, wow, that's amazing, it's beautiful. It's, but it's not, is it a place I would like to live like that? No, I, I probably couldn't. And no matter how fast things go, because it goes extremely fast with technology these days and materials and whatnot and innovation, but I still think we need to remember our human DNA. And you know, you cannot trick our minds to process faster than we already do. I mean, our computers process faster and the information overload and all that, but our brains, I mean, we have a capacity. We are not like uh, super machines, right? So I think it's, it's very much about creating environments that we emotionally get connected to. And that is not something that you can tell people. It's just something that happens. You know what it is like when you walk down into a small little bar and it has that right ambience and coziness and you feel relaxed the minute you walk in and you're just like, oh, I could stay here forever. There's a humility to Thomas's approach that reflects a deep engagement with the fundamentals of design and represents a considered and sustainable approach to progress. While progress and innovation go hand in hand, Thomas reflected on the ways that important changes, pivotal steps forward into the future, don't always have to take the form of giant leaps. I think when people think about innovation, they always think big. Big innovation is like cleaning the oceans. That's a great innovation. It also has a purpose. To me, also, innovation can also be in the small things, things that doesn't necessarily have to be about tech. And I think there's a lot of small things like that that is as relevant as big innovations. Communication is also, to me, design in a way. So it's, again, where it all goes hand in hand. Because to me, I think actually the best design is stuff that communicates to you. You just understand it the minute you see it, and so it's kind of like it has its own voice in a way. This understanding of innovation and progress, of design as communication, chimes with another of our guests. Paula Scher is a legendary graphic designer whose work has informed the trends and currents of her industry for decades. As she told us, progress doesn't have to mean iconoclasm. Rather, it describes a process of focused improvement. There's all forms of progress. There's personal progress. There's progress for society. There's progress in small individual areas of business and government. But to me, progress is elevating whatever that situation is, improving whatever that situation is. I found out, I don't know, 20 years ago that I could do more important work in many ways designing a parking garage than a museum because a museum was already mostly good and parking garages were terrible. So that if you're talking about making progress, sometimes what you're talking about is where the progress needs to be made. 
For the designer then, whether she's working with clients in New York or forging ahead in the world of personal transport, seeking out the future of premium mobility, progress means the capacity to be discerning, to recognise where innovation is needed. Here's Paula again. Innovation is invention, generally, and it's hard to invent anything really new as a designer. What you can do is build upon the ideas of others or take something down a direction. Where I usually find that I get, make most of my innovations by making some disastrous mistake that becomes a discovery. And that usually it's in failure and errors where I make some kind of innovation. If you do what you already know how to do, you have no ability to innovate because you already know how to do it. So you have to do what you don't know how to do, which means you have to make some big, ugly, terrible things to make a discovery through it. Sometimes I do that because it pushes a territory and makes everybody very uncomfortable. I discovered this myself, that as a designer in looking at art history books of design, I would discover that if I thought something is great in the book, you know, a period of design, that would be probably what I was about to look at and do. If I thought... It was tired. It was because it was something I was already doing. And if I thought it was too ugly, it was something I would be doing in five years. (laughs) You know, that there's sort of an ability to look at things and relate to them and look at things and be challenged by them. Many thanks to Paula Scher, Thomas Luca and Hella Serholt. You're listening to The Art of Moving Forward. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the final episode in this series of The Art of Moving Forward. We've been exploring the nature of progress, revisiting conversations with our guests drawn from the highest levels of design and urbanism, hearing their reflections on the values and philosophies set to drive us into a bright future. Today we've heard how attention to detail, care for the past, and the wisdom to identify areas in need of innovation all contribute to sustainable and effective progress. Finally, let's take a macro view, zoom out and talk to someone with a unique perspective on the course of life on Earth. Dr. Susanna Randall is an astrophysicist and astronaut in training. Preparation for a space mission is understood by many to be the final frontier in human development. From that vantage point then, how has she reflected on the nature of progress? The more we put ourselves into unusual situations and the more we learn about ourselves, I mean, the more we progress basically as as human beings. Going into space and finding out more about space is what is the different, the pure definition of progress in a way, right? Because it's our kind of next step, right? When we moved out of the oceans from the air to solid ground, then, you know, we became sedentary and explored the world, discovered uh, the Americas, other continents and so on. So, I mean, the next logical step is really going into space. And for me, that's the next step in the human evolution. So the human progress, if you want. For Dr. Randall, the challenge posed by space exploration doesn't just represent scientific advancement. It also says something about humankind's capacity for collaboration and speaks to the bright future before us. The really big projects, and actually that's not just the case in space exploration, but also in science. The really big projects like particle physics, the big accelerators are normally international collaborations. And the big projects on the horizon in space exploration are also international. And I think it's just we're moving to a stage in humankind, I hope, where we're learning to act more together to achieve the really big things. So I think we're moving away 
in a lot of ways from the individual, from the small collective of individual countries achieving something and showing the other countries how much better they are. What we should be moving towards a more global perspective of what can we achieve if we all work together. And I think space exploration is a very good example for that. Dr. Susanna Randall there. That's all we've got time for on this final edition of The Art of Moving Forward. Over the course of the series, we've interrogated the meaning of progress. We've asked how technology and design innovation stand to shape the future. And we've learned about Audi's vision, shaping the future of premium mobility. Today, we've unpacked those lessons and taken a macro look at where things could be going for humanity in the hopeful cross-cultural collaboration undertaken in pursuit of progress. You can find out more about Audi at progress.audi. And you can find out more about the art of moving forward at monocle.com. Catch up with the series anytime online or wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, from me, it's goodbye and thanks for being with us. Further information on official fuel consumption figures and the official specific CO2 emissions of new passenger cars can be found in the guide Information on the Fuel Consumption, CO2 Emissions and Electricity Consumption of New Cars, which is available free of charge at all sales dealerships, and from DAT Deutsche Automobil, Treuhand GmbH, Helmut Hertzstrasse 1, 73760, Offildernschwanhausen, Germany, www.dat.de.